Thank you for tuning in to episode 13 of Chronicles of War. I'm Darren Michael Shaw, the story's author. Chronicles of War is a work of historical fiction that traces an ancestor of mine, Job Trites, and his family's experience of the Civil War. We're at the point in the story where Job and the men of the 26th Volunteer Infantry are reporting to Camp Kirkwood to be mustered in and to begin their training. We'll pick up where we left off last time. And now, here's Chronicles of War. Weeks passed quickly. Job and Harriet did their best to show their children a strong front. The children wouldn't have noticed their father's extra time praying and reading the scriptures in the pre-dawn hours each morning. They wouldn't have seen their mother lying awake each night. In their waking hours, they aimed for life as usual. Usual, they all knew, was about to change. They would be called the Clinton Regiment because it was from that flourishing county that a great majority of their number had registered. There were, however, soldiers from Jackson, Jones, and several other Iowa counties also enrolled in arriving at Camp Kirkwood. Captain H.B. Hendershot of the regular army, as he had across several neighboring states, was mustering the men of Iowa into service. What do you suppose it means to be mustered in, Mr. Trites? Young Thomas was anxious as they approached Kirkwood. They're going to have a roll call, Thomas. They'll probably give us a looking over and begin our training. Training? What kind of training? There was no mistaking it. Thomas was very nervous now. I've never done this before either, son. We'll have to experience it together. Arriving at Kirkwood was an experience. Job was struck by the sheer number of men. He would write to Harriet his first night in camp, I've seen many men that I know, and many more that I recognize from DeWitt. But of the lot of them, I'm taken by the youth. Most of these boys have never had cause to put a razor to their cheek. Of the men, I might just be the eldest, save John Sword. Still, I wonder if Sword and I need be schoolmasters teaching these boys all manners of hygiene for adult men. Job quickly made the acquaintance of the company chaplain, the Reverend John Leash, Jr., you're trites, the chaplain said as they shook hands. I've heard you're a clergyman from DeWitt. At this, Job laughed aloud. Well, Reverend, somewhere that opinion has surfaced, but I assure you it did not originate with our God. In his next note home to Harriet and the children, he would tease, Perhaps the Almighty is calling me to ministry. The training of these new soldiers lacked planning and purpose. Job was uneasy about the way things appeared to have been thrown together on the spot. One day he and his unit spent half an hour setting up their tents, and the next three hours laying in them waiting for further direction. We're learning the art of napping, Job thought to himself. Another day the men were marched for hours, and then spent the entire evening learning how to tend to their nasty blisters and strained calf muscles. Job was also uneasy about how little was known of their impending orders. Rumors swirled about the camp. Some said they would be headed down to take part in General Grant's operation at Vicksburg. Others supposed the Iowans would remain near their homes, protecting the northern part of the Mississippi. Still, others reported that the Iowans would move east and take part in protecting Washington from Lee's rebel advances. 
when a rash of intestinal illness swept the camp during their second week, Job joked that wherever they were assigned, their role might just be to wash the enemy away with diarrhea. Even when their orders arrived, the Clinton Regiment was still in the dark as to what their role would be in the conflict. St. Louis, Missouri was their first destination. Job wrote to Harriet, Apparently there's a fire-eater down in Missouri named Tucker who's stirring up rebel sympathizers. Many of the men talk as if we're being sent there to quell their enthusiasm, supposing Lincoln doesn't want another rogue state on his hands. William thinks that we're being sent there to keep the Missourians from breaching Grant's supply lines to Vicksburg. And me? I'm in need of a map. St. Louis, Vicksburg, isn't there a great expanse of miles between them? Upon arriving at St. Louis, the men were almost immediately directed back to the transports, another 500 or so miles downriver en route to Helena, Arkansas. Three days more on the river, and they arrived on October 28th at Helena. The fact that many had been sick before they began the journey didn't bode well for them during the two successive trips downriver and the accompanying encounters with the elements. As they made camp just south of the city, more men were in their bedrolls than on their feet. The flurry of movement and activity came to a halt, and the men of the Clinton Regiment were back to wondering what part they would play. Job wasn't sure what it meant, but they had a new name. They were now attached to the Army of the Southwest. Job continued to be uneasy about the planning. Hurry to St. Louis, now on to Helena. Rush here, go there. His notes to Harriet always included an attempt at humor. The men, methinks, are thankful to have an ever-changing view as they empty the contents of their stomachs. Job had maintained himself in pretty good health. Other than difficulty sleeping for the conditions that they were in, Job assured Harriet in each letter that he felt fine. Job and young Thomas, along with some of the men in their company, had made a trip into Helena, bought gifts for family members, and managed to send them out with a dispatch. Job purchased a small ivory locket. He trimmed a small square of material from the inside hem of his uniform jacket and enclosed it for Harriet. He knew that she would love it. He bought combs for his girls and polished stones for his sons. The close proximity to town brought with it other challenges for the Army of the Southwest. A great number of the men had found their way into the town's nightlife, and although it wasn't much to speak of, it offered a fair amount of sordid temptation. Alcohol was more evident and being more tolerated by those in command than it had been before. With it came coarse language and crude jesting. Job was no prude, but still the lapse in morality troubled him. Do they not fear God, he wrote in one letter home. The stay in Helena was a low point for Job. He made a decision to be away from his wife and family to take part in this cause because he believed in it. But thus far, he'd been away two and a half months and seen no point to it. He wondered, did I travel this far from home to mind children? I have children at home to mind. With the exception of a few marches to nowhere and back, the Army of the Southwest had been still for the better part of a month. The rumor mill became active again when a new collection of officers in finely decorated uniforms arrived in Helena and talks were taking place behind closed doors. William remained certain that this was about protecting General Grant's supply lines for the Vicksburg campaign. Job didn't care what they would be doing. He just knew that he wanted to move away from Helena. And the sooner, the better. As December arrived, so did orders for the 26th. 
they would be joined to General Alvin Peterson Hovey's forces on the White River. Job and the men of his company wondered if this would mean action at long last. He penned Harriet another note. We are finally on the move. William speaks highly of this General Hovey. He's from Indiana and apparently schooled in the law to the degree that he serves as a justice on the court. I hope his skill in battle is as precise. This concludes episode 13 of Chronicles of War. Now, those of you who are regular subscribers, I just want to thank you for your patience this past week. Being a pastor by vocation, as you can imagine, the uh, time between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday has been a, been a busy one for me. But it's good to be back to the story and to share this episode with you. Look forward to uh, getting back to our regular routine. Now, some of you are probably surprised to hear that I'm a pastor. It's true. I pastor a church in Amherst, New Hampshire. And if you come by my personal blog, interactivesermon.com, you can learn more about my ministry and, and me personally. And of course, I'd love it if you'd stop by my writing site, www.darrenmichaelshaw.com, and there you'll learn more about me and the writing projects that I'm involved in. Subscriptions continue to come from all over the United States and around the world for this podcast. I'm grateful to you for helping me to get the word out. Uh, thank you for listening, for subscribing, for downloading, for streaming. And I look forward to, to sharing the next segment of this story with you. Until next time, I'm Darren Michael Shaw. Blessings. <laughs>